What's up, Powers? And welcome to another episode of Hell's Kitchen Cast, the sweet Christmas power hour. I am Chipsella, a.k.a. Captain Chaos, and joining me once again, the one, the only, the amazing Agent Anton... Agent Anton... Fuck. Three, two, one. What's up, Powers? And welcome to another episode of Hell's Kitchen Cast, the sweet Christmas power hour. I am Chip Sella, a.k.a. Captain Chaos, and joining me, as always, the one, the only, the amazing, the astonishing, Agent Andy Ant-Man Urquhart. How you doing, Agent? Yep, pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> I feel like we've just done this, like, three times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We can't. I can't even keep track of what show I'm doing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't see Knuckleballer. No, no. Thank God. Or, or the B team. <laughs> yep. Uh so Andy, it's been a crazy week. You, we already talked about the fact that you did uh, four hours of the B team with us for episode 400, and then we did. Shield the double double episode of Shield Cast on Wednesday night. Yep, and here we are again doing another double episode. Yeah, well, it's a double episode, but that's the way we <laughs> that's the way we roll with Luke Cage and Netflix shows. Yeah. So, uh, what? So, is there any news we want? Should we save the news for Shield Cast and just get into this? Um, can do, yeah. I mean, the the look, the news is all related to the, all the the movies and stuff yeah. like that. The one thing that I that I do want to mention that that came up was uh, it's, it's not related to Shield at all. So <clears throat> it was that the the movie Logan that's coming out mm-hmm. is not in the X Men universe. It, I, I saw this. I didn't click on the link because I was like, "Do I really care?" But so, is it in the MCU? Uh, uh highly unlikely. So, but, uh, Hugh Jack Hugh Jackman does say that if you watch the movie, it will become clear what it is. It's, oh, the Deadpool universe, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like, they've just said that it's not in the normal X Men universe, so I don't know what it is. Hmm. Interesting. 
So I, I don't I don't think it's in the MCU to be honest, but you never know. Uh, hmm. Okay. You know, I haven't seen the first two or three. How many are there? Um, the Wolverine movies. There is two other ones. Okay, I have them. Maybe I'll try and watch them before it comes out. No, well, not the best movies, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> think so. That's what I had heard. Um, while I was watching football this afternoon, I saw a brief trailer for Legion. They had a commercial on mm-hmm. at one point. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So, but I did see that. So, but I, I don't like the look at that show at all. It looks awful. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll give it a shot or two and figure out whether or not we're going to follow it or not. I mean, it, it's an it's an odd character to pick. Hmm. So, but, uh, and I did see a Iron Fist trailer. I saw it on, I, I was watching it, I think, on my tablet or on my phone. I wasn't uh, full screen. They don't have it available on Netflix to watch there yet. I was looking when I was watching Luke Cage today to see if they had the Iron Fist trailer on Netflix. I couldn't find it. Maybe it's at the end of Luke Cage. Maybe. Oh, the last episode. Like, yeah, like at the end of the last episode. Maybe the end of that. All right. But we haven't got that far yet. Nope, we haven't. We'll reveal that in due course. <laughs> so, so we have, what, episode seven and eight tonight? Yep. All right. You want to get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. So this is uh, season one, episode seven of Luke Cage. This episode is called Manifest. Okay. So we see quite a lot of interesting things in this episode. So we see Luke ruining Zip's gun deal, bending the guns, these, and uh, getting them back. These are the some of the guns that, uh, like the Justin Hammer guns again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Cottonmouth getting out of prison because there's not enough evidence against them. What I liked when he uh, met up with Zip is, come on, are you guys even going to bother you know, like yeah, they know, they, <laughs> just go, and most of them do. Zip stays for a second, Zip. but then, yeah, and then runs off as well. Yeah. Uh, Cottonmouth calls Misty a bitch. You don't want to do that. No, don't call Misty a bitch. No. Uh, we get the the incredible analogy that she gives to Cottonmouth about Luke Cage being ice cream, which I thought was fantastic. Yes. <laughs> He's ice cream. You need to worry about the look- steak on the table. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'd rather have steak than ice cream every day of the week. I think I'd rather have the steak. Yeah. I'm sorry, the ice cream. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm not a big steak. Okay. Yeah, I, no? No. I had steak tonight, actually. It was good. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so Cottonmouth tells Shades that he wants to talk to Diamondback, uh, basically to get his Judas bullet, as seen in Agents of Shield last week. Yes, believe it or not. Yep. Well, actually, it was in Luke Cage first by six months. Well, yeah, yeah, as well. 
Well, as well, but uh, but yeah, it was in Agents of Shield last week. I, I can't remember who it was pointed out to us, but someone sent us a, a link to an article about that. Yep, I'll pull it up. Uh, okay, so we also get Claire comparing Luke to Daredevil and basically telling him that you should get justice himself because the system isn't going to be able to prosecute uh, Cottonmouth. And Cottonmouth calls Luke to go to a parley at Harlem's Paradise. Um, Misty's boss gets let go because of the whole scarf incident and her replacement, uh, an inspector Ridley, uh, was a former like boss of Misty's at another precinct. Uh, and Misty kind of fills her boss and new boss in about the, the whole connection with Luke Cage and all the incidents that have been occurring. Uh, Mariah Dillard answers some press questions with this guy who pretends to be her friend called Damon. Um, however, when, once they get alone, he asks her to step aside and let him take her seat um, and promises to get her projects done because she like basically she's not going to be able to because she has no power at this point and she tells him nope get out uh, we see uh, through this episode as well we see a couple of flashbacks of uh, the Stokes family so we see them running a brothel and we see that Cornell is a great piano player we also see Pop in the flashback I don't know if you noticed that Chip no I didn't yeah so when it's in the first one uh, it's Pop and uh, like another guy that come to visit them and like hand in some like watches and I don't know what it is mm-hmm. watches and money mm-hmm. and uh, Pop asks Cottonmouth to go like to go out like running with him and he calls him Cottonmouth and he says like oh I don't like being called Cottonmouth uh, and then he's not allowed but the other guy that's with them I- I'm not a hundred percent sure but I think that's uh, Chico's dad okay I think I'm not hundred I'm not hundred percent on that one. I think that's who it is. But the other guy's definitely Pop. Oh, I, di- I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Like, uh, it was the same actor and stuff as we saw earlier in the season when you were seeing Pop's flashbacks. Okay. All right. Uh, so, uh, Cottonmouth's Uncle Pete and, and uh, Cottonmouth end up killing this uh, other guy that's with them. Uh, he didn't say his name, but like I, I think it's I think it's uh, Chico's dad. <clears throat> uh, and then amongst that, uh, Mama Mabel also cuts off this guy's finger, just to show you that they're brutal. Yeah, well, he did that because the, what they caught him uh, selling drugs. Yep, uh, yeah, they they got caught with selling drugs, and they as the family business, they don't deal in drugs. They Dealing holes and uh, guns and gambling, other petty crap. They have and gambling. Yeah, they have standards. They, they don't. They don't do drugs. So we see the parley at the Harlem's Paradise between Cottonmouth and Luke Cage. Basically, Luke says tells Cottonmouth to go and confess to all his crimes, and Cottonmouth says no, and reveals that he knows that Luke is Carl Lucas, and threatens to have him sent back to prison. He also calls him Harlem's Captain America in amongst this. Yes, I do recall that. Uh, and then shoes him away at the end. Just like, where you go. So Claire's, Claire tells Luke not to run, but instead to take Cottonmouth out once and for all. Um, 
Luke comes up with a plan and he goes to visit Domingo, who's uh, the what is he? He's the one of the Puerto Rican guys. He's the head of the Puerto Rican gang. <clears throat> he beats up all his guns, uh, stupidly shoot at Luke, wrecking their gym, and gets uh, this guy to give him all the guns back. Uh, we see another flashback, this time of uh, Mama Mabel and Pete arguing over Pete making drug deals with Puerto Ricans behind uh, Mama Mabel's back. So Cottonmouth then takes uh, Pete out the back and shoots him. When it is alluded to that Mariah was being banged by him. Now Mariah obviously would be his Cottonmouth's cousin. It would be... Uh, I th- I believe Mariah is also the nephew of Pete. But it's never quite made clear the whole family relationship there. Yeah, I'm getting a little confused. You're confusing me. Yeah, so there's Mama Mabel and Mm -hmm. her daughter is Mariah. Right. I'm I'm sure of that. And then there's Uncle Pete. Yeah. Who is both... Uh, Cottonmouth's uncle and Mariah's uncle, but neither of their neither of their dad. Okay. <laughs> and and as far as I can tell, uh, Cottonmouth is related to them by blood, but is from he's, another. He's he's Mariah's yeah. cousin. Yeah, he's he's the cousin. Yeah, but uh, his parents don't show up. Right. Like we don't know who his parents are. They're disappeared. Not not present anyway. So yeah, so it looks like this guy Pete has been banging uh, Mariah by the looks of it, um, and uh, Mama Mabel says to them, "Oh, family first always," which creeped me out a little bit. Uh, in the present day, Mariah gets told by her superiors that she's to step down and she gets kind of mad and decides to pay a visit to uh, the club. Uh, Cornell claims that Mariah had led Pete on back in the day um, and said that she used to run around half naked all the time. So she gets really mad at this and uh, throws him through the glass window onto the, uh, the sort of dance floor and then goes down and kills him with a mic stand. What? I did not see this coming. No, I did not see that coming either. It was a, a major twist because they built uh, Cottonmouth up entirely to be the sort, of, the sort of villain of the show. And then this is what, just over halfway through and they've killed him off. So re- really weird, uh, weird sort of bait and switch there. Um, so yeah, the... Uh, Shades comes in at this point and basically plans to uh, pin Cottonmouth's death on Luke Cage. Uh, Luke, however, doesn't know anything about this and he gives Misty the Justin Hammer guns that he's recovered. And then him, uh, Luke and Claire go for a walk in the park where they're having a nice time up until the point where Luke gets shot with one of the Judas bullets. Um, we see that the bullet penetrates his, his skin and then sort of explodes inside him, like we saw in the uh, in the video that was shown to Cottonmouth previously. Now, we don't know who's shot him. Some unknown sniper. 
And that's the end of that episode. That's about all that happened. Yeah, um, just going back a little bit. Um, yeah, I guess really that's... I mean, basically it was Cottonmouth's origin. Yeah, and I think it was a shame that they, they like... Because they gave him real depth of character and made him, like, quite interesting to me and whatnot. And I was like, oh, he's got, like, different motivations and stuff like that. And they sort of spoke about <clears throat> how he was a great piano player and how he could have gone on to become, like, one of the greats and stuff like that. And how he ended up, like, having to run the streets instead of instead of going uh, down that path. But then they just kill him off. And I'm like, whoa, what a, what a wasted... Like, they wasted all that character development. Yeah, but it's good for the show. Good it's, for the show, yeah. It's but. Good. I mean, they. I mean, because once again, like we said, we didn't see it coming. It was like, holy shit, they just killed Cottonmouth. Uh, that that's true. That is true. But I think the they've lost a lot more than they gained with this this particular death because you've got they are a great fleshed out character with complex motivations. Like, who wants to take down the super-powered guy but can't because he doesn't have the power to do it. Um, you've got him fighting against that whole, or that whole thing, but then you've... And played by a great actor as well. But then you've got his cousin who has a kind of wishy-washy uh, sort of past and is a councilwoman. I don't know. I, I, don't, I, just, I don't like her character and I don't like the actress that plays her either. Okay, I, I, I get that to an extent, but I mean, basically, uh, as uh, Mariah points out, he was sort of the an unwanted kid. He was dumped off on their doorstep. They had to raise him. Uh, he was being raised in a whorehouse. <laughs> uh, yep. And... She was, you know, she was the... She was the special child, or the one that uh, you know they paid the attention to that got the good education. Although that may have been to get her away from Pete, who basically hmm. turns out to be a pedophile, um, and that that was you know, and th and that was the straw that broke, uh, or that's what caused Mariah to snap. He goes, "Oh come on, you hmm. you enjoyed it, or you wanted it," and. Uh, that's when she snapped and uh, whacked him in the head with a bottle and knocked him through the, the big uh, circular glass window that overlooks the club, sending him to the ground or sending him to the, the dance floor below. Yeah, and then she comes and takes the mic stand and just loses it on his, on his face. Um, so, you know, and so he... It was great because we did get his background, we did get his origin, we understand how he got to this place. Although I think we kind of understood that to, to begin with, but at least they fleshed it out. Yeah. Um, yep. They all. He also kind of ran his course. Uh, basically, anything you know, he he pulled the power move. Uh, you know, early on when he parlayed with Luke, in that. You know, when, when they had their little parlay or powwow, he goes, uh, I know your past. Uh, you either, uh, 
you know, I, I, I have use for a bulletproof dude. You're, you're going to be my little bitch. Or I'm going to send you back to Seagate. I'll, I'll, I think the line was, I'll rent the yacht myself. So, mm, uh, yep, yep. So, you know, Luke's already in a bind. You know, he, he's about to just leave town. That you know, that's one of the options at this point that he's thinking about, and you know, Claire is the one trying to talk him into you know, you got to stand up, you got to, you know, you you've already beat him, you just got to finish the job now, and ever and then everything things go sideways with Mariah. Um, also, uh, one one interesting thing, and this is in the second viewing that I picked up is he actually tells Misty he wants to kill Cottonmouth. Yeah, but he says he wouldn't. <laughs> He's like, I, I want to and I would, but I, I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not that type of guy. Um, just, I can't yeah. find that post uh, over on our thing. So. I'm, I'm sure somebody posted it somewhere. I can't remember where, where I read it, but the Somebody certainly sent it to us. We can't give you the credit that you deserve. But, yes. Uh, I know somebody did point out that the Judas Bullet was used it at, in uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. this week. And, yeah, I, I picked up on that. Or when he said that, I was like, ha, huh, he's right. <laughs> cool. So so there is a... I tell you some interesting... It actually has some interesting implications for Shield as well, and like for that whole storyline that's going on there, uh, more, more because of the fact that we know how expensive these bloody bullets mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. So, like whoever's financing that operation in Shield is well off, and we'll 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 talk more about that in, in Shield next week. Okay, uh, James Warren may have picked up on it. I did pick up on the Sweet Christmas. Uh, did Ag Agents of Shield make a Luke Cage uh, connection? And uh, mm -hmm. James Warren links to the comic book, uh, or was it, yeah, comicbook.com. Yeah. Yeah, that was that, yep. So. So thank you for pointing that out, because I, I didn't notice that. I, I just didn't think of it, and it was when I was watching the second time and seeing the bullets that uh, it's like, yeah, it's the same effect. And it's after I read uh, his post. Hmm. So, um, so um, anything else you want to say about episode seven before we move on to eight? Um, overall, I mean, I, I I love the twist. I thought, you know, okay, uh, it sounds like you didn't like it because you're saying, well, you're killing off uh, a great villain. Um, but mm. at the same time, like I said, it. He ran his course. It, it it was kind of a logical end. It's just one we didn't see coming. Mm. And I thought, bravo. You know, I mean, y you got me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if, if they were going to kill him off, I would have expected it to have been Shades that would have done it or this Diamondback character they keep talking about. Um, I would expect it to be one of those. Not, not Mariah at all. I thought she had his back, like, regardless. Even though they might not see the eye to eye, like they say, family first. I didn't think that she was capable of killing him, but you know, looking back, and now I'm I'm through eight. I haven't I did I 
was about to start nine tonight. Um, but I think this is also the quote unquote origin of Black Mariah. Because yeah. going into episode eight, we start to see a different Mariah com- coming about. You, you got to understand uh, this episode, not only uh, b- before she kills him, she's her, her world is going right down the crapper. She, she's, yep, she's like losing a position on the council, which like is going to end up losing her a lot of projects that she's got going. Um, yeah, what like where does she go from there? You just there isn't really enough to go. She's fucked. She, she's kind of hit, hitting rock bottom, and then he makes the crack about uh, her and Pete. Uh, while she's trying to, you know, they're having an argument. They're talking about their future. They're talking about what's go- what what to do about Luke Cage. What to do about the neighborhood. He makes this cr- he makes this crack, and she just loses it. Mm-hmm. So, um, not only is this not only did we get the origin of Cottonmouth and the demise of Cottonmouth, but now we're seeing the quote-unquote origin of Black Mariah. And I think, uh, you, I mean, you finished the show, but I think uh, she becomes. I haven't. I haven't actually finished the show. Oh, yet. okay. <laughs> um, I, I got to. I got to eleven, and then and and then got busy okay but uh, i'm looking forward to seeing the ending of it i can't i can't really remember anything beyond eight to be honest okay like uh, when i was watching eight i was like yeah i remember all this up until like the ending of it and i'm like mm, don't really remember this very much <laughs> so, so i think i wanted to watch these episodes when i was half asleep okay so i think this is you know her her transformation, not only is it the Cottonmouth origin episode, but it might be the Black Mariah mm. transformation slash origin episode as well. Mm. One thing I, one thing that I forgot to mention while I was going through that there is there was a scene in here as well where it was uh, Cottonmouth talking to Shades. And when Cottonmouth told Shades about uh, him revealing that he knew about uh, Luke being Carl Lucas, mm-hmm. Shades said that, uh, that that's not the way that Diamondback wanted this to play out. Right. I think that's I think that's important going into the next episode yes. to, to remember that. Yes. He didn't want uh, Luke to know that they know who he really is. Mm-hmm. Not yet, anyway. Oh, crap. The Patriots just won. Um, <laughs> go Falcons! That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, all right. So let's get into episode eight. Yeah, so it's season one, episode eight of Luke Cage, which was called Blowing Up the Spot. Which, I, I don't know. I mean, does that have anything to do with the title? Like, with the actual episode? The last one kind of did. Like, Manifest, it was kind of the whole like, Black Mariah thing, and there was the uh, bit of politics and stuff in there. Kind of makes sense a little bit. But... I don't think that this title would end to do with the episode. So I, I think they should have, and I think for next season, they, they should think through the titles a bit more. Yeah. Rather than just pick songs that relate as, well, kind of loosely to the episodes. Because it's all, like, this. the episode names are all from the, I can't remember what band it is, but it's all from the same artist. Yeah. 
song names with from all the same artist. So yeah, blown out the spot. Uh, this episode, uh, we start off seeing uh, Claire and Luke fleeing in an ambulance after obviously Luke was shot, um, and the ambulance gets followed by a Humvee. Uh, the guy from the Humvee. Uh, manages to shoot the ambulance, causing it to crash. I believe this is with another Judas bullet. It's Gangstar. Gangstar. Yep. Oh, the artist. Yeah, yep. yeah. For the episode titles, yeah. So I believe this is another Judas bullet that the uh, this uh, sniper guy uses to shoot the ambulance, uh, which causes it to flip over and crash. Uh, and he then shouts to Luke, "Can you dig it?" And reveals that he knows that Luke's name is actually Carl Lucas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so seeming, seemingly Luke knows kind of who this guy is as well. Because he seems to recognize the voice. Uh, we then see over at the club. He, he also quotes Warriors. Right. Or paraphrases the Warriors. Warriors, that was yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, that was it. When Ivan says, can you dig it? Uh, so we then see Shades talking Mariah through his cover-up plan. Um, he, they kind of tweak some of the details of the truth, and they add a, a patsy in, uh, as well as uh, Shades going to town on Cottonmouth's face with a pair of marigolds, or yellow gloves. Mm-hmm. I think he did that just just for fun. I think he wanted to do that. Well, he, that's because uh, Luke Cage was a dishwasher. So he used the gloves that he would use while he was dishwashing. But he was fired weeks ago. That's, I don't understand about this whole thing. Yeah. He was fired weeks ago. <laughs> You're like, okay. I, I, um, I didn't yeah. really get it either, but okay. But what they did, but what he did was he put on the yellow gloves and punched Cottonmouth's face a bunch of times to get the, you know, the blood on the gloves. I think it was as, as well as that was to uh, take away some of the because obviously his face was bashed in with like a the flat bottom of a mic stand mm-hmm. rather than fists. So mm-hmm. I think he's trying to give the sort of the fist impressions into the face as well as rather than having just this flatness. We didn't really see this; it's kind of off camera, but that's the kind of impression that I got. Okay, uh, so. We then see um, Misty investigating the crime scene. Uh, she kind of interviews Mariah, and we find out that she claims that she found the body and then called in the cops. And she also interviews uh, a lady called Candice, who is a witness who claims that she saw Luke Cage kill Cottonmouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's one of, she, and this is the this is the bartender lady from Eller who wouldn't go up to. Uh, Cottonmouth, so like from I think episode one it was. Yes. Uh, she wouldn't go up to see Cottonmouth on her own. She needed Luke to come up with her because she was scared. Right. But she's now uh, supposedly one of Cottonmouth's girls. Um, you know, Claire takes Luke to a hidden sort of. E- I thought it was an ER, but it's actually like a women's, like a battered women's clinic, I think. Yeah. Um, now, what's the point now? They don't know about Cottonmouth being dead yet. Because nope. they haven't had access to radio or TV or anything like that, so they don't know about it. Uh, Luke says he doesn't want any drugs, and Claire says, okay, macho man. Uh, and he says, no, no, actually, it's power man. <laughs> <laughs> I like that line. Yeah, which is a nice little nod to, obviously, his comic book origins. 
Uh, they discover that Luke's soft tissue is almost as impenetrable as his skin. Uh, we see them trying to use a scalpel to remove the, the bullet from him, um, but the, the, the scalpel just breaks. <laughs> like, okay, how are, we gonna, how are you going to operate on this guy? There's no way. And then I like that he tried to do it, and it bent. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah and it gets worse. <laughs> so um, at the police station, Misty interviews Candace, uh, and she seems to be about to reveal, like, stuff to her, but uh, they get interrupted by the, the snake-like lawyer that pops in. It's his cottonized lawyer, who they've obviously got on retainer, because they, they're, like, just rolling him out for everything. And uh, Mariah refuses to be interviewed and uh, tells Misty to go through her lawyer. Uh, basically, and Misty basically reveals that she thinks that it was Mariah that was involved in this rather than Luke Cage. Because, I mean, she does have like this connection to Luke Cage and she doesn't think that he's a killer. Even though the evidence is sort of stacking up against him and he does have a motive as well. Uh, at the clinic, we see clear it, I, ultrasounding look. The the other interesting thing I think we need to mention is it turns out that uh, the inspector, I can't remember her name. Um, inspector Gadget. Yeah, Inspector. Yes, Inspector Gadget. They do call <laughs> that, that is her nickname. Uh, yep. Is, is uh, friends and on some society board with Mariah. So I don't know if she's necessarily like friends with her, but definitely associates. Yeah, yeah. I I would I think friends is maybe going a bit far. Like she, she has the sort of maybe a sort of full friendship with they, her. They travel in the same circles. Yeah, yeah. So we see clear ultrasounding look. Um, these discover that the bullet is turned to shrapnel inside his uh, inside his organs, basically, and. Uh, because of the way his his organs are like sort of impenetrable, that is causing him internal problems, very bad internal problems, um, and they're unable to remove the shrapnel at this point. Uh, Misty calls Luke and tries to trace the call, and they, they get a sort of rough location on on where they might be, and Misty goes to try and bring him in. Uh, we see that Shades uh, now takes over Cottonmouth's operation. And he sends his goons away to buy some new clothes because they are a, a first-class establishment from now on. There's no uh, no leather jackets here, only suits and shirts and ties. And they look a bit scruffy and thuggish. Yeah, they do look a bit thuggish. So I, I'm curious to see what they look like when they come back from these uh, new suits. I wonder if they go to Dapper Dan. Hey, that's where you go in the, uh, Harlem. Uh, so the the cops then uh, comb Pop's place, uh, the the barbershop, and they find the gloves, the marigolds with uh, cottonmouth blood on them. Obviously, just casually disposed of by Luke in the trash. Okay, just for those that speak English, when Andy says marigolds, he means the rubber dishwashing gloves. <laughs> They're marigolds, yellow marigold gloves. They're rubber gloves. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Misty shows like, up at the, What the, at the fuck does he mean by marigolds? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So yeah, Misty shows up at the the clinic and tries to arrest Luke, 
but gets interrupted by the uh, the sniper guy showing up again, um, and he fires another one of these uh, the Judas bullets, but misses this time because Claire like basically tells Luke to duck out of the way. So that's now three of these bullets that this guy's fired. Mm-hmm. This guy has either is either really well off or has some major connections. Because remember, these are expensive bullets, like presumably costing millions of dollars each. I would think a hundred thousand, but all right. Uh, yeah, it's well, still expensive I mean, just, for one I'm goddamn by, bullet. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just going by like Cottonmouth's reaction to like the the number that Shades wrote down in the bit of paper, like earlier on in the season. Yeah, if you saw a hundred thousand for like, one bullet, you would you would freak too. No, no, but a hundred thousand like seems like acceptable for one sort of like a rocket. I, I mean, I don't know how much these things cost. Right? I'm not, I'm not involved in any way in the the black market trade of uh, firearms. But a hundred thousand for a rocket seems like okay, and this is kind of like a rocket. So I would have thought this is like a million plus for a bullet. All right, keep going. We're we're not going to that, that, come to an, an agreement here. And nor does it matter. <laughs> okay. It's a lot of fucking money for one yep. goddamn bullet. Per bullet. Yes. So uh, Misty runs off to try and chase the shooter. and But he ends up uh, trying to attack Claire, who manages to stab him with a pair of scissors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he then ends up getting pulled into the building and fighting with Luke. Now, he seems to be able to go kind of toe-to-toe-ish with Luke. But bear in mind that Luke is very badly wounded at this point. Mm-hmm. Um and this guy is taking advantage of that by, like, attacking him in his wounded points, like, uh, kicking him in his stomach and that sort of stuff. Uh, he does, again, shoot Luke a few more times. I, I, I was unclear if these bullets, they, they were definitely not Judas bullets they shot him with because they were from a pistol. But it was unclear if the bullets managed to penetrate his skin at all. I don't think so on this occasion. But it wasn't completely obvious from the, yeah. the, the angles that, that, we, that we saw. Uh, this guy then takes Misty away and it looks like he's going to kill her but he ends up just knocking her out and basically says that he'll save killing her for later because it will cause Luke more pain Uh, he then wanders off and goes to the theatre as you do yeah he's just looking for (laughs) a place to hide yeah uh, Luke, however, follows him. Like, bear in mind again, Luke very badly injured at this point, and he's basically walking about limping because he's got some major, major internal damage going on. Uh, so Luke follows him, and uh, they go to. The, so they're in the theatre, and we find out that this guy's name is uh, is Willis Striker, aka Diamondback. So. The guy that Shades has been talking about all along, Diamondback, this is his boss. But Luke also knows who this guy is, and he says basically that he was like a brother to him and whatnot. Uh, This guy uh, admits that he was responsible for Luke going to prison and what he went through while inside. Uh, And while he was not responsible for Rava's death, he likes to uh, mention her name because it annoys Luke. So this guy has a major like grudge to bear against Luke. Um, so this guy's up in the balcony he's, a, he's basically about to kill Luke when Luke sort of runs forward and breaks the balcony uh, causing Diamondback to fall down and then they have a fight between them 
which was kind of interesting again because this guy doesn't seem to have pearls, but manages just about to go toe to toe with Luke. Well, Luke is extremely injured, as you mentioned, is, is yes. yeah, yes. extremely injured at this point, and he keeps. Uh, going for his weak point, his gut, where the bullets, are, the bullets and the shrapnel are. Um, yep. Luke's barely able to stand at this point, and uh, yeah, I, we don't know if Diamondback has any powers or not. But um, well, we, I, yeah, I guess we get into it now. What I, you know, he he grew up with Luke. He knew Luke. Uh, they were. It sounded like childhood. If not friends, people from the same community. Mm, yep. And he, this guy has an extremely religious background. He likes to paraphrase scripture quite a bit and yep. mm-hmm. make religious overtones and references. And I guess his dad was a preacher, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, th- this is like uh, watching one of those bum fight videos on YouTube. I mean, the, <laughs> it, it's one of the worst fight sequences ever because you have a crippled Luke Cage going against this guy that just fell off a balcony. Um, <laughs> and the two of them are just kind of lunging and, uh, you know, it, it's not the the melee ballet that we've uh, come accustomed to in these shows. You know, it's not Mm. the daredevil uh, choreographed fight scenes. This is, this is a bum fight. Yep, definitely. It's kind of like a drunken bum fight. Yeah. Well, I mean, that usually goes, I mean, that's just, (laughs) that's a little, That's a little redundant. I mean, I think it's implied when you say bum fight that they probably have uh, imbibed in some sort of substance or beverage. Um, But yeah, so I I can't say it was an awesome fight scene because it was a horrible fight scene, actually. Um, But the, the, the theater was gorgeous, though. It was, yeah. I'm really sad that they've kind of wrecked it a little bit. Um, you know, I haven't spent much time in Harlem. Um, in fact, I think I spent one day and we were... Ke- it was when I was an extra on uh, the television show New York Undercover. And they okay. and they, did, they, they didn't let us go further than the park that they filmed the scenes in that we were in on that day. Um, so I didn't really get to see it. But, uh, you know, I know that, you know, there's uh, the Apollo Theater in Harlem, which is supposed to, you know, which is a great music hall. And this theater, uh, it's like, wow. I, I mean, like I said, I've never spent much time walking through the streets of Harlem. I hear it's not that safe, so um, I've never really checked into it. But I am going to check uh, on something. I'm going to try and find if this is if this is the theater where they did the premiere at um, for Luke Cage and... Uh, the rest of the, the the ones I get invited to, which I think I'm going to go to the Iron Fist one. We're mm. planning on taking the day off. 
to try and do that. Mm -hmm. But, um, so, but yeah, I mean, this theater was just gorgeous. It's like, I really want to. It really was, like, do you know what it was called? Like, the actual real place? I want to call, I want to say it said, was called Union something or something like that. The Union Theater, but, um, I'm going to try and, like I said, uh, here we go. This might be it. So that's the panel, so it's right around there. I'll I'll find it. Okay, so um, just to get through the the, the sort of end of this episode, yeah. uh, the the fight can ends with Luke throwing Diamondback out of the doors of the cinema, and then uh, he coughs up some blood and kind of he seems to pass out, uh, and a lot of times seems to pass. Um, meanwhile, we see Misty interviewing Claire. Uh, who's not really willing to talk, or uh, to be fair, she doesn't really know because Misty wants to know like where Luke is, and like Claire doesn't have a clue where he's gone. Like he's obviously gone off the diamond back, but there's like she doesn't know either who that who the shooter is, or like where they might have gone. Um, and yeah, Misty ends up getting frustrated and ends up pinning Claire up against the wall. <laughs> and uh, her boss comes in at this point and like puts a stop to the interview. Uh, and Claire does refuse to to pay char- uh, to press charges, uh, only giving her statement as uh, Luke Cage is innocent. <laughs> Write that down. Uh, we see Mariah paying off Candice, uh, so the the quote unquote witness uh, gets paid off, and <coughs> she's asked her asked her what she would do if. Uh, Candace folds on them, and well, Mariah will have her killed as well as anyone else in the building. It, okay, <laughs> but it's the way it's the way she says it that was kind of uh, it was just creepy, or you know, it was sort of robotic. Uh, she's still in shock. It's because she's the way she says it is yeah. like kind of off the cuff, and but she's already got a plan. Like she's like, yeah, we'll just kill her and uh, and anyone else that's in her apartment with her, and we'll make it look like a home invasion. Like as if she's like, yeah, already thought about that. That's fine. And uh, she seems to really like this. He's like, yeah, I'm, this is what I'm talking about. But but the way she says it, she's so di- distant. Distant. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it was just kind of, like I said, just kind of, uh, like I said, she's in shock or something. Kind of. I think this this is just her new persona, though, that she's adopting. Her kind of standoffish sort of way. I guess. And uh, the last thing that happens in this episode was uh, Luke leaves the, the theatre and Diamondback catches up to him uh, with his, you know, has his gun back and he shoots Luke in the shoulder with another Judas bullet and he falls into a garbage truck. So that's now like four or five Judas bullets this guy's fired. I think it's, it's four. So that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Uh, and uh, he also reveals that it looks as he was like, that uh, the Diamondback was like a brother to him. And he says, no, I am your brother. So this guy is looks brother or ha- at least half brother. And that's obviously backed up by the fact that the guy's been quoting scripture and said that his dad was a preacher and whatnot. And we know that Luke's, Luke's dad was a preacher. 
as well. Yeah. And yeah, that was the end of that episode. I was trying to see if I could find the theater, but no, I'm not seeing anything that really looks like it. And uh, the the premiere was at the AMC Theater, the Magic Johnson AMC mm-hmm. Theater in uh, Harlem. Um, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I, I didn't. I thought he got shot in the chest, but I guess yes, the upper chest, uh, shoulder area. Uh, he falls into the garbage can. He, here's my problem with the episode um and, and diamondback well, you know this kind of this kind of i got this vibe when we were watching jessica jones and it turns out that you know that jessica was the one who killed luke's uh wife and i was kind of like yeah that's just a little too coincidental and I found this to be extremely coincidental. This guy, the guy that is funding everybody up in Harlem, the you know Diamondback, this crime boss from is it Georgia or South Carolina that Luke is from? Uh, where's the connection? How did this happen? It's just a little too coincidental to me. It, the world's not that small. Yeah, I mean, I think that this guy's probably got a more wider-reaching sort of network than than what we are thinking. Obviously, we're only seeing a small network of it here, and Diamondback is, I would say, is an American. Uh, like, I would say that I would think that Diamondback deals with the whole of America. Like, sends his guns to different yeah. places, and he's only come here specifically because he knows now that Luke Cage is here. Yeah, I'm. I'm... I mean, I guess seeing shades in the same prison seems okay. I mean, you know, it is a it is a federal prison reserved for uh, you know a certain kind of criminal, and we we still don't know what mm-hmm. Luke was really framed for. No, this. no, we don't. Um, so, I, I, but I don't know. It just felt just a little too coincidental to me it just it was like mm, that that's a bit of a stretch but yes uh diamondback runs a criminal empire that is that uh crosses state borders i, I mean i don't think he really runs a criminal empire he's i think he's the gun dealer like that gives the guns to these people and uh has like a sort of underworld bank if you will so i mean he's got money and he's got guns but he doesn't he doesn't really seem to get involved too much in the politics until obviously stuff goes south with uh, cottonmouth and he sends his representative in to try and fix it yeah yeah i, I just you know cottonmouth was a small time neighborhood hood all right, he he's not the kingpin. Mm. King, the, you know the kingpin pretty much ran everything in the city of New York, okay, which is yep. a very large city, and mm-hmm. you know he king or Cottonmouth would be one of kingpin's little bitches. He'd report to <laughs> yeah he would report to yeah. 
Kingpin. He would have to pay tribute to Kingpin. He would have to give him a cut of the profits. Uh, if he didn't, you know, my understanding of the mob, and, you know, that's not, no personal experience, is that basically uh, the guys above you get a cut of whatever, you know, they of whatever you take in, and that cut is a certain amount or a certain percentage each week. You know, it's, you know, so at a minimum, you owe them this, you know, this amount of money per week. Um, and then after that, it's probably on a percentage basis. So, you know, so we are talking a very small, you know, the kingpin may or may not, you know, it may be a trout. All right. Hmm. Sounds like. Diamondback would be a shark, and Cottonmouth okay. would be a guppy. <laughs> okay, yep, I see it. So, yeah, if, how, how, if, you if know, I know what the theater was called, by the way. What what was it? The theater is the United Palace Theater. United Palace, all right, I'll see if there's any pictures. Um, Which is one of the five low, lowest wonder theaters in the New York City area. Okay. <laughs> Let's see if I can find some images. Yeah, that's it. Uh, if, if I was ever in Harlem, I would want to go there. It looks very cool. Like, yeah. Hmm. Okay. So anyways, I yeah, it's it's just the shark doesn't usually care about the guppy. No. And so you know, this this is like this this, this isn't one of your big customers or s- providers. This is just some little cog in a in a big machine. So I just you know, the uh, of course, once he finds out that Luke Cage, he, you know, somebody that he screwed over and thought was dead and disappeared, is now is alive and hiding in Harlem, that may bring some interest in having him come back, uh, you know, take a personal stake in it. But... Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's still just a little too uh, convenient for me. Well, I mean, if, if he'd never found out that Luke Cage was Carl Lucas, I don't think he'd have ever come. I like, agree. obviously, Shades has gone back and, re- and reported to Diamondback that this Luke Cage guy is actually Carl Lucas. And, like, I would assume that Shades knows about uh, Diamondback's past with Carl Lucas, or at least some portion of it anyway being that he was involved in the stuff in prison which presumably he was sent and maybe not sent into prison but he was coerced into uh doing the stuff in prison for diamondback to Luke cage or to uh carl lucas when he was in there so and interesting anyway and like i I think in the next couple episodes we'll find out more about their sort of connection there'll probably be some flashbacks and whatnot i can't remember off the top of my head if there was but i'm sure i'm sure there must have been to, ex- to explain like diamondback sort of origin story because they've now like they, in, the, in these two episodes 
they've gotten rid of the main villain of the series mm. and established two new villains instead. Yeah. Which is a weird move, but interesting. And this guy seems like quite badass, like with with his guns and seemingly magic pile of money, which we don't know what he's got. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Now, and it ends on an interesting cliffhanger because he reveals that he's actually Luke's brother. Hmm. So, I don't know. I guess I guess we'll get more of his backstory in the next episode or two. Yeah, and like as soon as the episode finishes, I'm like, I need to watch the next episode, <laughs> like so I can remember what because it, it is one of those ones like where the end of episode seven made you want to immediately watch episode eight, and then the end of episode eight makes you immediately want to watch episode nine. Mm-hmm. And both episodes end with Luke getting shot. <laughs> that's true and not dying <laughs> yeah and and then we had another episode end with uh them lo- shooting a rocket launcher at him in in the restaurant yeah that's right yeah <laughs> so they thought the episode in like what what are we at like nine episodes now we're through uh, eight or eight episodes yeah yeah, eight episodes that uh, has ended with luke being shot and yeah. left be- left for dead basically yeah. By the way, there are no good events coming up at the United Palace Theater. Okay. <laughs> you have, and I'm going to butcher these because I think they're all in Spanish, the De Mayimbi a, a Mayimbi, the, concer- okay. the concer- Concerto Dia de la Enamorados is there for two <laughs> nights. You have Yolandita Mange. And Friday the twenty February twenty first fourth, you have Urbano Domi- Dominico Dominicano. <laughs> you know, I don't know why, but I, I was expecting you to come out and say, uh, and Friday the twenty fourth, you've got Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So, to be even less appealing than any of those ones. So, <laughs> but yes, no. I I I looked. It's like. Well, if I go down, is there uh, something there worth look- <laughs> seeing? And it's like, no. So I don't even know if you could get in to get pictures, but it does look like a gorgeous theater. Yeah. It was built as the Lowe's Wonder Theater in 1929. Which explains the gorgeous architecture, because it doesn't look mm. like theaters today just look like crap. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, so overall, what did you think of the bum fight episode? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I was quite curious as to what they would do, like getting rid of Cottonmouth. But yeah, then they've now brought in this other character uh, that we've been hearing about mm. through the whole season, Diamondback, mm. and they've put a, a face to that name, which was interesting. And they've they've like given him like quite a, uh, although we've not seen too much of it just yet, they've given him like quite a potent backstory that sets him up nicely as like a proper like villain for Luke Cage and seemingly somebody with the ability to do something about it as well so quite interesting like I'm so sad that that Cottonmouth was done away with because I like I did really like that character but um seems like this guy would be interesting he is a bit kind of unhinged though Uh, and he does seem like a bit of a religious fanatic as well but I mean those make for good villains get slightly kind of caricaturesque but 
They do make for good villains in comic book shows. Yeah, um, I kind of liked the contrast. Uh, yeah, to 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 Cottonmouth because um, Cottonmouth was, I mean, granted he had besides being a street thug and a neighborhood crime boss. Uh, he, he had culture. He had other talents. He was a talented musician, p- pianist. Um, I said pianist, people. Not never mind. <laughs> um, so, so he, you know, but at the same time, you know, at the end of the day, he he was a nightclub owner. Uh, dealing in street level organized crime, and mm-hmm. now now we have this other individual who who the religious uh, bad religious characters always intrigue me and scare the crap out of me. Because they bring that sense of righteous. Righteousness with them and wrath, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess arrogance, and you know, sort of even like uh, Samuel L.'s uh, character in Pulp Fiction. When you start cro- quoting scripture for the wrong reasons and in the wrong context, mm-hmm. it just is so sinister, and I really like that. Um, so, I mean, it just, it just makes the, you know, it makes the character more powerful, I guess, or it gives them that sense of power. And, uh, so I kind of dig it and he, you know, he's got an evil grin, which is another thing I like. I love the haircut. Um, so I, I just... I, I, I'm intrigued to see where they go with uh, Diamondback. Keep wanting to call him Black Diamond or Diamond Head, who's another <laughs> D-grade Marvel villain. And I mean, there, there's been multiple Diamondbacks. Diamond Diamond Head is a band, I think. They are, but there, there's also uh, a, a Marvel uh, villain. He's like, I think he was a villain of Black Goliath. AKA Goliath. Mm. But uh hey, he's not he's not a villain. He's uh he's actually a good guy. Goliath is, is Oh, Goliath. Guy. Yes. Clo- yeah, close friend of uh, of Hank Pym. No, no, no. No, Diamond Head was a villain of uh Black Goliath. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. I missed yeah. you there. <laughs> I thought you were saying that Black Goliath was a villain. No. No, Bill Foster. Bill Foster was a good guy. I'd love to see him show up in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, Diamondback? <laughs> no, no, Bill Foster. Oh, Bill Foster, okay. So. And when they first said Diamondback, I was thinking Diamond Head. And I sent you a link mm-hmm. in the chat. Okay, right, yeah. So, um... 
you know, uh, you, you threw you threw a couple cliffhangers in this one. First of all, you're interested introducing the the real big bad of the season, and you're doing it three quarter two thirds of the way through the uh, through the series at this mm. point, which I think is what Shields kind of doing because I don't think we've met the big bad yet. Um, so, so that's in. So that that's an interesting twist. You have the fact that uh, he reveals that he's Luke's brother, and you have Luke being uh, being taken away in a garbage truck at the end of the episode. So <laughs> yes, I was very much. If uh, we didn't have other plans, I think I would have uh, wanted to dive into episode nine. So I, I the series has gotten better. I guess it was a slow start, but uh, it's building. Things are coming around, and I'm loving the characters. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Claire's there. Um, I'm still enjoying Luke. Yeah. Misty's great. Um, I'm damn sad that they got rid of uh, of Cottonmouth, but like I still quite like Shades. Uh, and I just the only one I don't really like is Mariah. Now he, here's the thing that you know we'll come back to this at the end of the uh, the se- uh, the season at the series, but I don't think the the villains here are on the same caliber as Daredevil or Jessica Jones. Fair? No, totally. Like. I, I, I totally agree. The, uh, I mean, like David Tennant's portrayal of uh, Purple Man was pretty iconic, and and then you've got in Daredevil, like Kingpin is outstanding, and Punisher is equally as good. Yep. And so yeah, yeah I, there's nothing, there's nothing else to rival that. Like nothing as memorable as that. Like in six months, I'll have, I'll, I'll have forgotten who the villains were in the show. Yep. Whereas, like, I will always remember the like the omelet making scene of kingpin (laughs) (laughs) even though i didn't like it i'll always remember it (laughs) yeah you 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 weren't a big fan of that but um (laughs) but the rest of it like i like yeah kingpin's like is uh the white painting and all that sort of stuff like i remember that and like the punisher the scene on the rooftop with daredevil that that sort of thing like those are like memorable, iconic like television moments, and like nothing here has been like that. I mean, you have, I mean, you could argue that Cottonmouth with a crown and stuff like that, but I mean, it was cool and it was like good symbolism and things, but it's it's not quite it's not quite as iconic as as what we had in the other shows. Yeah, but yeah, no, they're not very, they're not different shows. I was going to say that no, they're all street level shows. You just uh, the King Pit. <laughs> Although I think Diamondback, Diamondback may get the short shift because he's only in the last third of the the thing, but he may become mm. a fantastic character. He very well may may do. I mean, obviously we've heard we've been hearing about him all season. Like he's been a, a like in the background, like pulling the strings of this and that. Right. So. I, yeah, we'll see how he plays out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, other than that, it was a good episode. I enjoyed it, and 
really want I, I I'm looking forward to seeing what happens I, I, I'm going to be interested because I know there is some uh, talk of or that the night nurse at some point did do surgery on Luke. Yeah, and I mean, we can see she's kind of trying to come up with a plan to do surgery on him. And she did, obviously, like before, relieve the pressure on his brain by going in behind his eyeball. Yeah. So she, she she's going to come up with something to get that shrapnel out of him. Not sure what, but... So... But overall, I, episode eight was, I liked it a little bit better. Well, I liked them both, I guess, when you get into it and the mm. fact that, uh, you know, you just shocked the hell out of me by killing who you thought was the big bad uh, in episode seven when you killed uh, Cottonmouth. And I like the introduction mm. of, I like the introduction of uh, Diamondback. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Diff- totally different dynamic from the, the other villains and the other villain in the show. All right. They could and uh, Claire could install an arc reactor in Luke's body uh, to hold the shrapnel in place, like Tony Stark did. You there? back in Iron Man one? Oh, you cut out for a second. There. Yep. All right. Oh, okay. I was saying Claire. Claire could install an arc reactor in uh, in Luke Cage. To hold the shrapnel in place, like uh, Tony Stark did in Iron Man 1. Oh, please don't do that. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't so, think you will. No, I don't think so either. So. All right. Should we uh, check the tweets and get out of here? Yep. A couple of tweets worth mentioning. All right. Um, um, we we had one that that we did mention on on Shieldcast last week, but worth mentioning here as well because it's more in relation to this show than than to Shieldcast. Which one is that? So that was from uh, from Mike, who said uh, at Castle Shield, the real Easter egg of Phil's Kitchen cast Luke Cage is listening to Chip and Andy navigate safely the African American <laughs> culture. <laughs> I think we do a pretty good job of it. Yeah, yeah, we try our best. Like, uh, I may not get the basketball references or anything like that, and we definitely, definitely steer clear of uh, ever saying the N-word, uh, which is mentioned a lot in the show. Um, they, they've kind of gone away from it a little bit now, but, yeah, in the first few episodes, there was a, a lot of N-bombs. Yeah. Which Luke doesn't like, which I, I do appreciate that. I'm definitely with him there. The interesting thing about this tweet, though, was that Raphael Sadiq, uh, liked it. <laughs> yeah, I, I found that I found that awesome. Hopefully, hopefully he's listening. <laughs> and he wants to come yeah, on the so show. If he's listening, uh, yep. Let us know. We will add, we will gladly have you come on an episode, and you can uh, discuss your take on uh, Luke Cage and uh, what it was like being part of uh, the, the show. Yeah, that would be interesting actually to see uh, what that club was like and yeah. if they, like what the actors were like and stuff like that. But yeah, I thought that was funny. Uh, Raphael Sadiq obviously was one of the musicians who appeared at the club. I think it was in episode one he was in. Yeah. Uh, the other ones 
Yeah, I'm saving that for shield cast. Yeah, the rest of them are pretty much other than James Warren pointing uh, to the connection between the the Judas Bullet connection. Nothing else is really Luke Cage mm-hmm. related. So we will, uh, but we are on the lookout for things like that all the time. And th- and thank you for pointing that out because I'm not sure I would have picked up on it. Yeah, I'm quite disappointed I missed that, to be honest. Like, I, I should have caught that. <laughs> after after he said it, I was like, okay, yeah, I dig it. I get it. Yep. And I was like, yeah, the way... And then when I watched the bullet, especially the one that missed, that was the one that I was mm. like, okay, yeah. The, uh, when I watched it the second time, I was like, yep, he's right. Same type of bullet. So. All right. Uh, and I think with that, Andy, we are out of here. I think so, yep. Andy, when uh, you're not hitching the ride in the back of a garbage truck, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me trying to uh, put out the garbage truck on fire. That is Ali every Tuesday, uh, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific, 9.30 Greenwich Mean Time, Live on allgames.com and 42 level one. Uh, we talk movies, we talk TV shows, and mainly video games. Uh, you can find all our episodes on Stature and iTunes, as well as allgames.com. And you can find me Tuesday nights as well on allgames.com on the B Team podcast with my co host Ryan, Fred, and Eli, where we discuss video games, tech, and some TV and movies. This week, uh, we're, we're mixing up uh, the the format once again a little bit this week uh we're doing the nintendo shit show and we i know normie and i think one uh chris one of the origin original members of the b team is joining us this week to discuss their thoughts on the nintendo switch because we didn't get to do that last week nice uh, (laughs) i look forward to uh, hearing that shit show and uh yeah that'll be interesting we're going to be talking about that on, on 42 this week as well but I think we'll probably be a little bit more positive on it than uh, than you guys. Um, myself and Ali have both ordered it. Um, I, I, well, I might be joining you guys this week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so we'll get we'll so, get into that on Tuesday. So, but yeah, check that out. And then I also do a show Thursday nights, nine p.m. on allgames.com. That's nine p.m. Eastern, uh, where I just uh, called Knuckleballer Radio with Normie, Eli, and Sean where we discuss just about anything. I don't even remember where, where we went last week. It was all over the place. <laughs> it was all over the place. I know at the end we were talking television shows, but uh, sometimes it's television shows. I think we're kind of... Uh, oh, Sean was trolling uh, the bikers for Trump that okay. were showing up uh, for the <laughs> inauguration this week. And yeah, it goes from bikers to Trump to television shows and some other stuff in the middle that I'm just, it's been a rough (laughs) week. So, but, um, check it out if you get a chance and also please leave us messages on Facebook and Twitter. We do try and read them and give you credit. Um, if we can find your post when we're doing the show and also leave us reviews (laughs) over on iTunes. We really appreciate those. And we will read them on the air, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, just a programming note, Andy, when are we recording the next Shieldcast? Uh, pass. 
<laughs> so it won't be Wednesday. The show will be up late. No. Yeah. So we'll just leave it at that. Um, but it hopefully sometime next week, but it will be later than usual because we're still working on getting our schedules together. We're we're almost there. I think we I think we've roughly got it fixed now. Um so that it will be usually on a Wednesday. But uh, one of my guys is on holiday next week, so. Okay. So, just keep keep an eye on uh, on the feed. The shows will be going up, and like we said, hopefully we get it uh, on a regular basis in the very near future. Um, so we will see you guys next week. And just remember, always forward, forward always. On, Night, guys. Yep, good to go, man. Alright. And we'll fire it up in three, two, one. Hello, howlers, and welcome to another episode of Agents of Shieldcast. I am Colonel Chaos, aka Chipsella. And joining me once again, the one, the only, the amazing, the astonishing Agent Andy Ant-Man Urquhart. How you doing, Agent? Yes, doing quite good, yes. Recovered from last week. What what was oh yes yes that's right Andy joined us for episode four hundred of the B Team podcast and the man was a trooper he's actually did we already talked about this yeah I think we did talk about this already yeah but yeah I have recovered from that anyway yeah because we did Shieldcast the night after <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right yeah <laughs> yeah I know the feeling the weeks a blur so. Well, uh, once again, it was great having you on the B team uh, last week, and uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a long ass show. Actually, I can tell you how long it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was three hours and fifty-seven minutes. So, yeah. should have kept it going for like three minutes. Oh. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> so, but uh, <laughs> all right. So, 
Actually, did I screwed up the intro, didn't I? This isn't fucking shield cast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not shield cast at all. Oh crap! All right, starting in <laughs> three, two, one. <laughs>